welcome to People with Purpose. So many people are looking for meaning, but they don't know where to start. Imagine a world where everyone could just get their purpose out of them and then actually make it happen. I'm David Roberts, and I believe that we all have a purpose, and with focus and a little help, people with purpose make a difference. And this show is where these stories come to life. Welcome to People With Purpose. Uh, Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Mark Newey, who is the UK's number one radical self-discovery coach, a teacher, a disruptor, and a protagonist. Mark, welcome to the show. A pleasure to be here, David, really is. It's lovely to have you, lovely lovely to have you. Um, So protagonist, that's quite quite a posh word. Um, I guess it means champion, advocate, but it could mean anything. What, what, What do you mean by that? Uh, well, interestingly, it came actually from doing a one of these personality tests you've probably come across. Yeah. Uh, and I, over the years, I've done loads of them because of the field I'm in. Uh, and I've always, because I'm a sort of um, a therapeutic coach is basically what I do. Um, I always come across as the healer. And with this one, I came across as a protagonist. And it came at a point in my life that was absolutely crucial um without going too much detail at this stage i was brought up to be a good boy i did everything i was ever told to do complete conformist uh went to school went to university climbed the corporate ladder and had a whacking great big breakdown at 40 and part of that was realizing i'm not a bloody conformist i never was and i lived 40 years of my life being a conformist and so being a protagonist there's a serious element of rebellion in it. And being a protagonist is somebody who's got a cause they want to fight for. And that came at a perfect time in my life because that's exactly where I am. I have a cause to fight for, which is partially approaching mental health from a proactive point of view. And that means self-development at the end of the day. It means radical self-discovery. And I would argue that most of us don't know who we are. Hmm. That's very true. Which is slightly provocative, I'm aware. But we've never done the work. We've never really sat down and worked out who we are. We've hmm. just got on with life. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I've, I can't remember what I was watching the other day, but I was uh, I, I, it definitely it, it was it was stated that uh, we um, we know a lot about space we know a lot about the fact that there's all these galaxies that are out there in the sky and we know roughly how long it is um that uh, that the image with the star we can see was actually shining and yet it might not be there but we can still see we know all this sort of stuff but we don't know hardly anything about what's going on inside our heads right. the human mind is a complete anathema to most people mm, mm. which is extraordinary how the hell does that happen yeah uh, and the great thing is it's not rocket science by the way um it's uh, it, and, and the fundamental problem is that 91 percent of our mind is unconscious so 91 percent of how we create our reality on a moment by moment basis is unconscious and i can never actually say that without then asking and how much do you know about your unconscious? Mm. Nothing. Yeah. And yet it's 91% of how we create our reality. Mm. So that's my work. The radical self-discovery is helping people find out who they are at a very deep level. Um, that's that's the starting point. Okay. Um, and that is most important for entrepreneurs, for small business owners. Because um, I've worked alongside a lot of business coaches, and one of the – sentences that comes up all the time is the most important asset in your business is you Mm. and yet all the work they do and it's their work so it's not surprising is about social media marketing how you do that about developing strategies it's never about the person yeah even though the person is the most important asset in the business Mm -hmm. So that is why entrepreneurs, and over the years, as it happens, my one-to-one work, probably 50% of my clients have been small business owners. Okay. And um, why do you think that is? Um, I think a lot of it is because it's blooming stressful <laughs> running running your own business. Yeah. I think, particularly in the current circumstances, it's hard. Um, 
And when you're running your own businesses, even if you've got employees, okay, you may have a team, but everybody looks to you. Hmm. So, you know, entrepreneurs and small business owners, generally speaking, don't have much support. And I think that's why. Um, if they leave things too long, they could start to get seriously stressed, and maybe we'll go into that in a bit. But um, that's when, quite rightly, actually, they look for help. Mm -hmm. But the answer to stress is not mental health issues. It's it's a proactive approach. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what's uh, your what, – what's at the heart of your philosophy then? It, radical self-discovery. It sounds – um, sounds deep, sounds scary, but 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 what's what's that? What's at the heart of it? The, uh, the reason for the word radical, by the way, is essentially is there's two things. One is to make sure people pay attention and actually realise how important it is, mm. and the other one is it is going deep, but very quickly. This doesn't take long. Um, so that I, I guess my work is built on a number of pillars. The first one is understanding how each of us individually create our reality so understanding what our unconscious programs are and just to bring this to life very quickly for you um it wasn't until i trained in nlp neuro-linguistic programming it wasn't until i trained in that as a result of my breakdown at 40 that i realized i had a major issue with abandonment mm. now technically i've never been abandoned in my life but um, I was born with very bad asthma in and out of hospital my first year of life. Um, and in those days, your parents couldn't stay over in the hospital. So my right when I should have been having all the cuddling, my parents had to keep leaving me. So that's number one. Number two, I was packed off to boarding school at the age of seven. And I always say, yes, going to boarding school is a privilege. It's not always a nice one. I got the you-know-what kicked out of me for two years because of my asthma. I couldn't run 10 feet, literally. Mm. In a boys' school, that is look, pathetic, you mm. know? Mm. Uh, and I opened up to my mum one Christmas about this. I, it literally took me two years because you you didn't, you, just, you know, you just got on with it. You didn't tell anybody. And I just collapsed on Christmas Eve. And by very cruel coincidence, I got mumps. Now, when you have mumps, uh, not that I don't think people get it these days, but you had to be isolated. So guess what? Having just owned up to my mum that I felt abandoned and that I didn't have any friends and all the rest of it, I'm shut away in a hospital room on Christmas Day. So anyway, my point being is for 40 years, I hadn't got a clue that I just assumed people would abandon me. People would walk away from me. I got married. I assumed my wife would leave me at some point. Um, <clears throat> and the flip side of um, a fear of abandonment is I'm not worthy of love. Yeah. And I believe that. And it's complete bollocks. Sorry, I'm, actually, I should apologize for swearing. I tend to swear a bit. <laughs> okay. But it, it's it's rubbish. It's a belief. But imagine an unconscious program, 91% of how I was creating my reality on a basis that people always walk out of me on my life. Uh, I don't have enough friends um, and I'm not worthy of love. I mean, it fundamentally changes how you create your reality. But I didn't know that. And what's incredible about what you just said is that actually it started when you were one years old. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. I use I use the plural of advisedly, um, and uh, and so are you saying that things that happen to you in when you're kind of in in your infancy, when you're an infant, stick in this ninety one percent, and they could yeah. be there, but you don't know about it. Yeah, hundred percent. Why? I mean, our memory, even if our existing you know moment by moment memory it doesn't seem very good it's all locked away in there somewhere so the mind goes through a filtering process uh, uh, i'm not sure quite how much detail to get into here but that the 91 percent basically the unconscious has a filter that gets from two million bits of information a second that the, our brain is dealing with two million down to five to nine that we're consciously aware of there's a filtering system to get from 2 million down to five to nine. And one of those is your history, mm. the things that have happened to you in your past. Mm. And what the mind does is it takes different episodes like 
being abandoned in hospital, like being abandoned at the age of seven at boarding school, and it puts them together and creates a program. Not deliberately. And the reason it's doing that is to keep you safe so that you realize that there's an issue here and you need to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. You don't know what the issue is and you don't really know it's there. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so how did you um, unlock that then? If that was buried deep in your subconscious, a memory from 39 years previously that you wouldn't even remember, if you like, um, how, how did you then access that. Well, for me, that was training training in NLP. Mm. Uh, NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, is the way I tend to describe that. It's the art and the science of how the mind works. Yeah. And it is, I mean, it's revelationary in, in the extreme. Mm. Uh, and it's a lot of what unpacks for you. And there was one particular exercise that we were doing. And the best way to train an NLP, by the way, is not to do it online. Mm. It's actually to do it in person. And you do exercises in, in little groups, maybe with just the two of you. Um, and they're very practical exercises that you do. And this one timeline exercise we did, suddenly that timeline came together and literally my knees buckled and I spent about five minutes crying. Mm. I didn't realize and it hit me wallop. Mm. Uh, and that's and that's kind of the work that I'm doing is helping people reveal what those are. Yeah. And and often it's just asking questions. It's putting patterns together that people haven't realised. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And um, it, you know, that can be done one to one. It can be done in workshops. Um, you know, with uh, homework you know, exercises. It's and it's not rocket science, David. This is the crucial thing we're brought up to be scared of the unconscious for some reason. Mm. You know, we're all terrified of Freud, Sigmund Freud. I'm I'm terrified of Sigmund Freud. (laughs) Um, But that doesn't mean to say that understanding how the unconscious works and how it helps us create our reality is dangerous or even difficult for that matter. It's not. No, no. I guess, um, I, I get, sorry, I interrupted you. Carry on. No, don't. Well, I was going to say it's revelational when you start to pick up things. It fundamentally changes your reality, your sense of self, how you approach your world, and most importantly, I believe how you approach your business as an you know as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur. Sure, sure. Because you are your business. You're as an entrepreneur. Essentially, being an entrepreneur is a lifestyle. It's not a job. And actually, it's not all about earning money. It's far more than that. Mm. Uh, And that's what some of us get lost. Mm. We lose that because we don't know what it is that got us in there in the first place quite often. Yeah, yeah. And you get the same with some uh, with passionate employees as well who seem to work all the hours, and uh, and also it it, it goes into other uh, parts of life as well. So if you're a very dedicated family person, uh, that that level of commitment can be the same. And, And in fact, you know, almost like a stronger heart connection, maybe. Um, oh, definitely. And you end up in these situations, I suppose, these repeating patterns. Um, so it'd be interesting to explore this whole thing about abandonment for you. Mm. I mean, how was that manifesting itself before you went through these NLP processes and, and identified abandonment perhaps hey, as well, a source? Do you know, one, one of the sad things, and by the way, I'm very open. I'm very now. <laughs> I've realised that uh, authenticity is another big issue. By the way, and we may come back to that mm. it, because most of us are hiding at the end of the day. So I'm very open about sharing my learning and where my life has come from. Um, I, in a way, it's devastating. I don't have a single friend from school, and I have one friend from university in my life. Mm. That's a terrible shame, and the reason is because I held people at bay. Okay. I kept them at arm's length. I didn't realize I was doing that. I didn't let them in because they would only hurt me because they'd leave me at some point. Mm. Not true. Uh, <laughs> the, the learning of that is slightly dev- devastating, to be honest, but that's that was my life. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting, isn't it? Because, and I know this is your story and I'm not, um, using you as a kind of an object of uh, of uh, an object lesson and taking the human away because uh, I, I totally I totally get that. I guess I'm thinking about 
different circumstances where you are working with people and you think, why are they being like this? You know, why, why are they... Why are they pushing me away? Why are they always looking for the argument? Um, why are they always um, finding, you know, the 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 pain in any joyful situation? You know, and, and I suppose is it is it possible that people could have these subconscious triggers that are resulting in them behaving like that? Without a doubt. Uh, and what the unconscious is always trying to do is keep you safe. Mm. So it is playing a a very small version of the fight or flight mechanism a lot of the time. Mm. And this is why stress, by the way, and just a little bit of a, a mini rant on stress. Stress, I, I, more in the 80s and 90s, actually, was a badge of honour. You know, oh, I've been working so hard, I'm really stressed. And that is just terrible. It's dire. Mm. And the problem we've got now is most of us are constantly stressed. We might not be stressed out to the point where we can't function, but our lives are very stressful. And the problem with constant stress, it's medically called chronic stress, by the way. Yeah. I use constant because chronic implies that you're on the floor, you're not functioning. What the medical people mean is constant. It's really bad for us um, to be constantly stressed because – it takes its toll, and without going into too much detail, it's all about the hormones, you know, the adrenaline, the cortisol, and noradrenaline, which are about the fight-or-flight mechanism. Hmm. So if we're constantly stressed, our body and our mind is constantly playing the fight-or-flight mechanism to keep us safe. Hmm. And sometimes that will come out in ways that actually prevent us having open relationships with people hmm. for our own personal reasons. Yeah, yeah. In my version of that, David, which is probably what you're saying, is I wouldn't be able. I was. I I spent um, 20 years in the corporate world. By the way, before doing what I currently do, and I never. I I don't know what people thought of me, but I could never open up. I could never really properly contribute. You know, as a team player, even though I'm the biggest team player there is, the real me, not in the corporate world, I couldn't do it. Because I was always keeping myself safe, always thinking one or two steps ahead because people out there to stab me in the back and trample all over me and blah, blah, blah. I never really committed to any relationship in the corporate world, mm-hmm. which would have eventually, you know, had a big effect on my career without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. And, and so what awareness did you have of this sense that you were pushing people away before? you had your breakdown didn't didn't have it no. had no idea and did anybody um like try to 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 get to get deeper with you did anybody try to uh, probe or challenge you or um anything like that that's a that's a really interesting question um do you know i don't think so i don't think so which again is a bit sad because if you've got a really good mate you may ought to be saying, hey, come on, you know, to talk to me. Nope, don't remember ever, ever having that sort of conversation. Mm. I don't think my friendships were ever deep enough for that to happen. I guess also there's a bit of a kind of a product of a product of the time type thing as well, because even in the last three years, the focus on mental health, um, you know, I'm I'm wearing an Andy's Man Club uh, wristband uh, and um you know, we're into Movember, and that was always about, you know, testicular cancer and prostate cancer. Now it's about the rates of suicide in, in, in middle-aged men in particular as well. Um, you know, mental health and, and, and blokes talking has been such a big thing. Um, and you see it in sport, you see it in business, you see, you see it everywhere these days. And, and we're still doing our best to resist it. Most of us blokes, (laughs) but, but, um, but but even, even 10 years ago, it was completely different. So if I think from my experience, you know, if I was, if I was being a, a pain in the proverbial for whatever reason with mates, would they directly challenge me on it? I, I'm. I, it's it's tricky to know if if that would happen in lots of different circumstances. I'm not sure. Do you see a change in society these days, which means it's more likely that people are going to be able to crack these things open? Do you know? Unfortunately, I don't. And and the, the problem, 
it's really interesting people what is happening with my one-to-one -one work at the moment is people are only coming to see me when they're in a bit of a mess mm. people i think what has happened is so in other words i'm seeing quite a lot of suicidal people at the moment mm. which is i have to be honest is pretty hard work yeah uh, except i've been there you know that was part of my breakdown was i actually was on a roof at one point ready to jump and it was my kids i couldn't uh, you know i had three girls i couldn't possibly and that was the brought the reality check in but that's how scary that is uh, and the problem we have now the last three years the covid thing and the lockdowns absolutely massive people i think we vaguely realize it well of course it was a big shift in how we lived but i don't think people realize the depth of which the harm it's done and the real problem is during the lockdowns it was a very scary time there's no question you know when with the first lockdown we thought millions of people were going to die mm. that's you know that's what we were told yeah so up, up comes the fight or flight mechanism the anxiety and everything to keep us safe and then we kind of get on with it and that unfortunately is what we had to do we had to put our head down and get on with it now i've been recently doing some posts um facebook posts and stuff with the lead keep calm and carry on worst advice ever hmm. because that's what we're still and people are still doing it now two or three years later hmm. they're still keeping calm and carrying on and if you carry on nothing's going to change yeah and that's the problem people are still putting their heads down getting on with it yes at this level up here somewhere People, you know, the newspapers and things that talk about mental health, but particularly men, as you've already pointed out, are not engaging. Mm. Um, and it's necessary. The good thing about the work I do is it's a mixture, really, of mental health. The, the starting point is mental health, but the actual work is self-development. Yeah. The reason people have come to see me is for mental health, but the way I've helped them out of stress and anxiety and depression is to understand who they are at a very deep level. And then the next thing is um, it's about self-esteem. So the relationship we have with ourselves is the most important relationship in our life. And a lot of people said, hang on a minute, what do you mean? How can you have a relationship with yourself? seriously people don't have any that, that that jars people how, how can i yeah yeah you can have a relationship with you with yourself um and just as an example um 47 of young people under 30 uh currently struggle with thoughts of self-loathing mm -hmm. they hate themselves now if you put that into context if you let's be blunt if you hate yourself How's your life going to be? Mm. It's going to be terrible. Yeah. It's going to be bad. Mm. That's the relationship you have with yourself. That's the problem. Mm. So one of the big pillars that I work with is self-esteem. And self-esteem is just being comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. Now, And I've got a question for you, David, and I've got a question for your listeners, because it's a serious question. I've been asking this for 15 years. How many people in your life do you reckon have self-esteem so how many people you know do you reckon are actually comfortable in their own skin serious question just you know just a finger in the air what do you reckon well um 10 yeah and believe it or not that's on the high side is it <laughs> so i you know I, I do quite a lot of speaking engagements and one of the advantages of having you know a sea of faces in front of you hundreds of the one i did with over a thousand is you get reaction to what you're talking about and one of the things i do is get people to score in that situation how many people they know so out of let's say 200 mm. you uh, you know ask how many people know more than 20 and you get about like two or three five people put their hands up yeah and they're they're wrong by the way they right. don't know that many people yeah <laughs> because they're counting the the uh, the arrogant full of themselves people <laughs> and they they by the way the arrogant self you know full of themselves people do not have self-esteem that's a mask yeah it's not real and the average answer sorry to come to the point over the years is between three and five of all the people we know between three and five are actually comfortable in their own skin hmm. how the hell did that happen yeah how the, 
And the reason is we are brought up to worry about what people think about us. And it's, it's worse now than it ever was, partly because of social media. Yeah. But we are literally. So when I was a kid, it was, oh, what will the neighbours think? Actually, who gives a monkeys what the neighbours think? Mm. Unless they actually matter to you. So the next question I always ask people is, how many people in your life actually matter? And it's not many. It's your immediate family and it's a few mates. And it's not all your mates. It's the ones that will put their life on the line for you. Your real mates. Hmm. Nobody else matters. That doesn't mean to say you're you're rude or arrogant, or it doesn't mean that. It just means you don't worry what they think about you. But that's not the way we're brought up. Everybody worries about what people think about us. Yeah. In, I'm, I'm probably leaping here slightly, but this is no. this is the basis of my work, David. This is great. What the hell are we doing worrying about what everybody thinks about us? Yeah. Um, so the reason I started laughing is because um, I was out, I was, uh, I went to see my, uh, I, did, I had some work to do in London earlier in the week and I, I went to see my daughter who's just gone to university there and I went for a run in the morning. And I was running around um, Hackney Hackney Wick, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I was uh, I was taking photos as I was running uh, because because uh, because I, I like doing that, and then I make a I'll make a reel of it, and I might put it out and and all that. And um, and I was I was about to take a photo, and I saw somebody in the street, and it, I stopped myself from taking that photograph. Now, what was going on there? And I I sort of caught myself, and I thought. Do you know what? That's hilarious, and I and I kind of ran back, <laughs> actually, which made me probably look even more weird. I ran back, and I took the photo I wanted to take in the first place, and you know the bloke was still there in his van and all that, um, and um, yeah, and it, it. But what 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 is it? I mean, maybe you can maybe you can help me out with this. Why why is it that sometimes I will um, I, I will do something like that? Why is it sometimes? I'm going to bring. I'm going to lower the tone a little bit now. Why is it sometimes I go to the gents and I stand at a urinal and nothing happens? Why? Why is that? What's going on there? It does sometimes, and the others. You mean? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I, I do. You know, when you get the fear, when you, I, I don't know if you do know this. This is probably a bit too. Maybe I'm exposing a bit too much. Not, I'm not literally exposing myself for clarity. <laughs> I, mean, I, do that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean nothing happens, as in you know nothing no, happens. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, as in, as in you know, I, I, what, what do they call it? You, you choke, you get the fear, whatever, and and, yeah, and, and you can't, absolutely. you can't go. Why does that happen? Uh, <laughs> And it is basically, it's a fear. Yeah. I mean, it's the body reacting to what's going on in here. So what's going on in here is for some reason, I don't know whether it's what's just happened to you, whether it's the guy standing next to you is like six feet, you know, five and a built and all the rest of it. And you're feeling inferior, doesn't it? But it'll be something like that. Isn't that funny? It, it's a feeling of insecurity and not being comfortable with who you are. Yeah. It comes out or doesn't come out physically. Because that, that's absolutely yeah. Because the thing is, I, I think I'm pretty comfortable with who I am, and I've I've done a bit of um, NLP uh, and 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 I've been through some of the patterns and um, anchored different emotions and 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 done some. I've 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 not actually gone through a timeline myself um but i've taken other, i've taken other people through it so i i'm i'm due to go through it myself because really you should go through it yourself to really understand yeah. the experience yeah. properly but um but it's uh yeah it's uh it's interesting that when you when sometimes when i sit in a room and uh people are sharing stuff that's happened to them and this links to purpose by the way because um they say your purpose comes from your pain and and the way i look at this is Okay, well, I feel like I've had quite a quite a fortunate existence thus far. You know, I've um, met my upbringing and and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's no silver spoons. Don't get me wrong, but but you know, we I, I was I felt loved as a child and and all that kind of stuff. I still went through the the journey of. Um, you know, wanting love and sitting in a field crying on my own because friends went off and did stuff without me and all that and, and all those sorts of things. But I feel like I've not had that kind of real deep pain in my life that 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 I see other people having. And uh, and yet I feel very focused on a on a purpose. Uh, so so I guess I look at that and I think, okay, so 
your purpose comes from your pain, but that's that that's a relative thing, I think. You know, but pain for each individual means something different. Um and, and so yes, yeah, so I'm just interested in your thoughts on 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 that and whether potentially there's something that happened to me when I was an infant that I don't know about yet that 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 might you know, be something I need to I need to understand. Right, I don't. You don't necessarily need to go poking around like that. Mm. Um, no, but I, I. Do you know the funny thing is I don't necessarily agree with that. Your purpose comes from your pain. Okay. I mean, mine has actually, and part of my realization after my, um, you know, my suicidal breakdown and getting myself out of it was the realization: this is why I'm here. This mm. is my purpose. So I. My purpose absolutely did come out of my pain, but I don't think it has to. Mm. It's got to be. It's got to be something that fires you up, um, you know, and gives you energy. And this is the big issue, really. It's passion. It's energy. It, it, it is a very physical feeling having your working your passion. And by the way, it, it doesn't apply completely to um, entrepreneurs and self-employed people, but. Um, 80% of the UK working population are disengaged from their work. Yeah. That's horrifying. It is. We spent 65% plus of our waking life at work, disliking it or hating it, and then expecting to be happy. Hello. Mm. It's not going to happen. And, and this is why purpose is, is so, so important. And until quite recently, it's been, oh, oh that's a bit woo-woo, having a purpose. Oh, mm. that's woo. No, it isn't. Yeah. It's fundamental, particularly as an entrepreneur, it's fundamental how you live your life. And the great thing about being an entrepreneur is your business can be a tool for you to live your purpose. Yeah. And it won't just affect your business. It'll affect your sense of self, your relationships at home. It'll affect everything when you work your purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I, I tend to say, uh, tend to call your purpose your North Star. Mm. It is literally your north, and yet that's not, unfortunately, how most people see it. Yeah. We've not been brought up to live a life with purpose. Yeah. Yeah. When you do, oh, my God, yeah. life is totally different. But I would argue in order to know what your purpose is, you have to have a very deep level sense of self. You actually have to know who you are. Mm. You have to know what you want out of life. You also have to be comfortable with who you are. Otherwise, mm. you can't you can't directly live your purpose. It's mm. not so easy because you're manufacturing it in some way. Yeah, if you're comfortable with who you are, and you're living your purpose. It's real. Yeah, it's you. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and that's really interesting. I, 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 I'm not kind of um, trying to turn this into a psychology session for me, but just to, <laughs> to, to just to sort of close the loop on a couple of things because. Um, yeah, I, I, and I, I'm undecided as well because I think pain is relative. So okay, so maybe pain's the wrong word. Maybe there might be experiences that you've had which lead you to say, "Do you know what? Something needs to be done about this, and I'm the person to do it." Maybe. Um, I mean, in my scenario, part of the reason why I wanted to be a, a business owner was partly because I wanted to be more in control of my own destiny. That's yeah. partly because I wanted to. I, I used to. Uh, sit there because I went through the kind of employee, entrepreneur, entrepreneur type path to, to, to get where I am now. Um, and I'm now an employee again and an entrepreneur. I'm now doing a bit of everything. Uh, but, um, but it's, uh, yeah, it, I used to sit there in sort of town halls and in sort of uh, company briefings, listening to the CEO talking about the business and, 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 and everything else and thinking, do you know what? I wish I worked for the company that that, that, that person is talking about. Because it didn't feel like the organisation that the CEO was talking about, you know, it didn't look like it, because there was that sort of disconnect between what we were saying and what we were actually doing and how I actually felt. And, and part of what what moves me is seeing people do things they didn't think they were capable of. So in order to to do that. Being a business owner means that I can be that person who's stood up at the front talking about the way the business is, and I can say this is how it is, and if it's not like that, then please talk to me because we need to fix something if that's not how it is. And yeah. so, so that I, in a way, that kind of sums it up for me. But um, but you're right, nothing, none of that really sounds like pain. That sounds more like something that I'm seeing that isn't right that needs to be maybe, put right maybe the reason they say it's brought about by pain is because when you're in pain 
mental pain, presumably not. Well, it might be physical, but let's say you're in mental pain. Mm. Guess what? You're focusing on you. It's the only time, uh, you know, if, if if you're living a basically happy life, you don't need to look inside. Yeah. You, and you just carry on. Yeah. It's when you get the pain, you have to turn inside and have a look. Mm. So that might be why they say your purpose comes from your pain, because it's for a lot of people, it's only when you get into pain that you actually, you know, start to to look into yourself and work a few things out. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? It does, it does, it does. So if I don't need to go digging around then to look for these things that may or may not have happened and, and, and you know, unnecessarily um, just going on a sort of a stone turning exercise. How, how do I then as a entrepreneur get this grounded sense of self that you, that you talk about? Um, well, the reason I say don't, don't go looking for the Freudian type things is because very often they're not, necessarily important individual aspects and and this is slightly the problem when you talk about mental health people go oh and it very rarely and i see suicidal people very rarely is there anything that's absolutely devastating if it is it's you know it tends to be um rape or abuse then it's the people know and that needs dealing with there's no question mm. um but to go around digging for something to explain that's the, it's the wrong way around. Uh, the way I work, whether it's one-to-one -one or, or, or um, workshops, is just that I've got a path I take people through, basically, um, to allow them to work those things out. And one of the filters that the unconscious uses is childhood stuff. Mm. So one of the exercises I get people to do is, is just look at – key positive things and negative things that have happened in various year groups mm. so and and you know you spend 20 minutes on it you don't spend flipping hours digging away yeah it, the, the things that are important will be they will come up very easily mm. which is why people don't need to be scared it's not some weird freudian it isn't mm. it's it's you know there's a very gentle way of bringing this through mm. and this is the great thing about coaching by the way is and of course coaching can be done on zoom uh can be done in you know in workshops and stuff it's asking questions it, because at the end of the day you are the expert in you mm. not me mm. my job as a coach is to ask you the questions to help you reveal the information that you're lacking mm -hmm. and that is how the the self-discovery works uh, and what I always say is the reason I'm a good coach is because I'm really nosy. <laughs> well, I actually want, I genuinely want to know why somebody thinks that something that happened to them when they were age five was devastating. Yeah. When my books, it might not be. I'm, I actually want to know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's asking those questions. And it's, it's, yeah, because we are each the actual expert in who we are. Mm. We just need help to find that out. And is there a right way and a wrong way then to ask these questions to to help people to get that sense of self that they're looking for? Um, mm, interesting. I'm trying to think how it mm, – I, I think the key to that is the relationship you have with the client. Sure. I'm, I'm guessing here that we're talking about – actually, not necessarily one-to-one. -one. It can be in workshops as well. Yeah. I, mean, I make a big – I, I, I am extremely authentic. I tell everybody about my weaknesses, and which we may come back to. Um, I'll make a note of that. <laughs> uh, okay, great, great. Yeah, because otherwise my mind will wander off somewhere else. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm completely open. Therefore, because I'm not hiding in any way, and I'm talking about my suicidal attempt and blah, 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 mm -hmm. I have nothing to hide. And that means I build a relationship very quickly. And I think then when you've got the relationship, you can ask any question you like. Yeah. The person can always say no or, mm. or not going there. Fine. Yeah. They don't do that. When you've got the relationship, they don't do that. They they will come, they will volunteer. They will come up with the, you know, they will answer the question. Mm. So I think you have to provide a, a well, I was going to say safe environment, but it's more than safe. It, it's It's where there's a connection. Yeah. There has to be a connection for you to ask personal questions. If there isn't, 
you have no right to ask anything personal. Mm-hmm. Which is why talking to your mates, by the way, your mates have the right. Yeah. Because they're your mates. And we blokes need to learn how to talk to our mates and, you know, open yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. I was um going through going through a, a behaviors a behaviors exercise is an organizational behaviors exercise quite recently and uh, and uh, we we were looking at reviewing our behaviors and and to to, to help us to work better as a team and uh, and I, I made a I made a commitment to uh, to ask to ask better questions uh, and. Um, you know, so there's the there's the how are you? You know, as you're walking in the office, this isn't necessarily mates, this is sort of colleagues. How are you? And then uh, as you walk by, you kind of you know, you're not even listening for the answer. It's just yeah, a kind exactly. of a something to say. So actually, to, I'm, I'm not I'm I'm not asking that question anymore whilst I'm moving. I'm only asking that question when I'm stationary. Um, and then um, and then when somebody answers, uh, if I if I'm not sure that something's quite right, it'd be now how how are you really? Because yeah. You go. Yeah, and so that that that, and I'm finding actually some people saying, "No, no, no, I am, <laughs> I am fine. I was just distracted when you asked me the question." Oh, good, good, okay, good. And then some people are like, "Well, there's this one thing, you know, and it's probably a really trivial thing. Actually, it's always been. There's a bit. I've not had to go into a really deep conversation in an open plan office yet, but you know that might happen. But but yeah, it's 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 helpful, I suppose. So. I suppose maybe my question to you might not have been the right question in terms of is there a right or wrong way to ask? I suppose are there any really good questions that 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 that, that you ask that that work for you to really help people to understand themselves and and fulfil your desire to be a bit more nosy about their themselves? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's kind of a hard one because the thing, the thing about coaching particularly is it's spontaneous. Yeah. I don't have a list of questions that, you know, all right, all right, all right, okay, next question. No, because the right question for the individual will be different to the next one. Mm. So it's not, that's not an easy question for me to answer, I'm afraid. Okay, good. Another um, another rubbish question. I'll put that on the feedback form. That's good. Okay, good. So, <laughs> so but I mean, part of the reason why I'm asking these questions is because you're a coach and a professional coach. I'm thinking from the point of view of the, the entrepreneur or business owner, uh, who has got people in their team who they probably want to help to have this sort of better sense of self or better, maybe not a better sense of self, but but um, but more self-awareness or um, whatever. I'm, I'm thinking from their point of view, how, how, how they can, um, I suppose, help help the people in their team to to be more open and to have more of these conversations well do you know one of the v- best group of people to do a self-awareness or self-discovery workshop is with your team mm. um there's got to be because as each of you learn about yourselves individually everybody else learns about you as well and 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 because what inevitably happens in this situation and i love it when i get the opportunity to do this is because when you create the right environment, people will open up. They will talk about what essentially they see as their weaknesses. They'll be vulnerable. And when everybody does that, the effect on the team is massive mm. because you understand each other at a much deeper level. And the bonding that occurs after that is huge. Mm-hmm. And that the teamwork, and, and also what happens quite often is that the balance of who does what within the team changes. Um, because people got well, hang on a minute, you really enjoy that bit and you're good at it. You do that, let me do this bit, and it all just does that make sense? It all moves around a bit, yeah. So, people and it brings a level of purpose into the team. Mm. But the problem is, <clears throat> without that self discovery on an individual basis, let alone a group basis, we don't have that information to properly bond together as a team. Mm-hmm. And And the thing about being vulnerable is, <clears throat> excuse me. This is actually really important because the the step up from self um, esteem, being comfortable with who you are, is being authentic, mm. being yourself. It's going because most people, and I realise I did this by the way, 
when I was in the corporate world. And in the morning, I shut the front door, already got my mask on so people couldn't see how rubbish and useless or worthless I was because that's actually what I thought. Mm. I got my suit of armour on because the world's a dangerous place. People are out there, stab you in the back. And I got a hologram up of what I wanted people to see. Mm. Now, when, and that's what, by the way, again, you watch people in a uh, a big talk with hundreds of people in front of you, you can see people going, oh, yeah, that's what I do. Mm. Oh, my God. They, a lot of people don't even realize they're doing it. Yeah. And the thing is, what you're doing there is you're pretending to be somebody else. Yeah. Well, can you be happy being somebody else? No. And the step up from being comfortable with who you are is going out into the world and being that person. Yeah. And that means being vulnerable. It means being happy to share your weaknesses. Now, we've been taught not to show out. We've been taught to keep ourselves safe, not share our weaknesses. However, and this is quite an important point, <clears throat> particularly with entrepreneurs, is being vulnerable, owning up to your weaknesses, putting your hand up is the most charismatic thing in the world. Now, that sounds completely counterintuitive. Hang on a minute. If I admit I'm weak, people are going to judge me. That's not what happens. Mm. When you're authentic, when you're being yourself and you're owning up to your weaknesses, people respond to you in a totally different way. So very quickly, let me give you some examples. What You look at any field of human endeavor, the people that stand above the rest are being vulnerable. They're talking about their weaknesses. So particularly relevant to an entrepreneurial audience, Richard Branson um, is dyslexic. Now, he set up a charity for dyslexia 40-plus years ago. And in in our day, 40 years ago, you were told you were thick because mm. they didn't know what dyslexia was. Yeah. So right at a time when, uh, you know, he would have been judged as being thick, he sets up a charity for dyslexia. Wow. So in other words, and if you read his biography, it's it's throughout the biography. He's perfectly open about it. So he's showing his weakness. Now, is Richard Branson weak and vulnerable? No. No. <laughs> I won't give you all the examples that I normally give, but the, the, one, the other one that stands out is actually Winston Churchill. Mm -hmm. So he was the guy that came up with the expression, the black dog of depression. Right. In other words, the whole electorate knew he was depressed. Mm. Was Winston Churchill weak and vulnerable? Mm. No. Yeah. And you see what I mean? The charisma comes from not hiding. Mm. And people get it. They get they get it intuitively. The people, the charismatic people who are charismatic, genuinely charismatic, are simply happy to talk about their weaknesses. Yeah. And yeah. nobody sees whatever it is as being a weakness. Yeah. But the problem is, we've been taught to brought we've been brought up to keep ourselves safe. Uh, and and worry about what people think about us, and it's a complete disservice to humanity, I'm afraid. Well, and it's it, you know, and in a way, it's as you say, you say we've been taught it. Really, we we've we've role modelled that behaviour, haven't we? Because yeah. you know, our, our 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 parents weren't sat down and said, "You must bring your children up like this." It's just basically been what's been passed down from generation to yeah. to generation. So, yeah. well, it would even go back probably to cave times. Mm. And there's so much stuff in in the human mind that does go back to cave times. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah, that's bonkers. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and the point is when, and this is the point about understanding how the mind works. Mm. All of those things can fall away when you get oh god, the light bulbs that people get. Oh, for God's sake! Why was why did I think that? Yeah. Well, there you go. But we need to expose them. Yeah. So from a um, so, and I completely agree with you. And from a um, personal development point of view, I, 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 I completely agree with you. And from a business point of view, my I, I used to have this belief that the single biggest thing that would make my organisation was successful um, is is a, a team focused on the same goal with aligned values. That was what I used to believe. Now, now I believe that the single biggest thing is uh, the ability of the leaders in the business to, uh, and, and everyone in the business, to be able to manage their mental and emotional state. That's going to be the biggest, the biggest single thing. Maybe I'm wrong looking for the biggest single thing, but is there a business case for radical self-discovery 
in organisations that you've that you've seen, you know, the, the benefits that come through beyond that of the individual. Absolutely. Oh, and where I get to work with companies, it comes from the business owner coming to see me on a one-to-one basis. Mm. And when they get the realisation of the power of the work, they're going, oh, my God, my and my employees need to do this. Mm. And as I said earlier, if you get the employees to do it together, the team building, there's, it's it's – you know, it's, there's nothing like it, mm. nothing like it. And what sort of um, impact have you seen happen in, in businesses as a, as a result of going through this as a, as a team? To be honest, it's difficult to – we are because most people want us to put that in numbers. It's – I, I, I won't ask you to do that, but, but it's just, it's just well, some it examples of the kind of things that have happened, you know. Well, I, okay, um, I'll give you a couple of examples in terms of purpose – because often people go, mm, my business isn't really, you know, I fit kitchens. It's not really, a, there isn't anything purposeful in that. Um, not necessarily. So working with this one guy who fitted kitchens, um, he was desperate to give back. He wanted to make a difference. It was, and by the way, I believe that is in most entrepreneurs' DNA. Actually, A, we're rebels. Hmm we've turned our backs on the system and gone no i'm not doing that i'm finding you know i'm going to plow my own furrow it's my path i'm going to make the decisions that's quite rebellious um but the other thing is i think most entrepreneurs want to make a difference so this guy how the hell i'm desperate how do i make a difference so we were doing the coaching and he's basically set up an academy for young people to come into his workshops on a Saturday and uh, I think probably a Sunday, he now goes and does lectures in the local um, comprehensive school. And the the interesting thing is, which is very good of him because, you know, there isn't enough attention still in the educational system to practical skills like plumbing, all these things that we absolutely desperately need. The education system doesn't even touch on. So he's filling a gap there, but the side effects on his business is fascinating because guess who the parents call in if they want plumbing, electrical work? Of course they call him in. Mm-hmm. Of course they do. Yeah. And his business has it's tripled in about 18 months. Yeah. It's bonkers. Yeah, yeah. And he's taken some of the lads on, by the way. He's taken some of them on as apprentices. Yeah. So that he didn't see that. But when you work out, for him, that was absolutely popping. It was the right thing to do. Mm. But he didn't know that until he'd worked out who he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another example on a much smaller scale, um, there's a, a lady who owns a coffee shop um, locally here. Um, basically, uh, every Thursday, she put all of her profit to a local charity. And that was the part of her business model. Well, guess what? <laughs> when people got to know that, wow, her business increased on the other day. Well, on all of the days because she was open about every bit of her profit on a Thursday goes. So, and that again, she hadn't thought that through until we did the coaching. Mm. But so all businesses, you wouldn't think a coffee shop could be, you know, give a spiritual um something back to the community of course it can yeah any business can do that yeah, yeah. But you've got to find the way that works for the individual entrepreneur yeah sorry i hope that answers your question no it does it really it, it really does because um because yeah because businesses exist to solve problems and if if what you're saying and, and so therefore there's a purpose there but you know but and some business owners think more about a product or whatever but actually what's the pro- what's the problem it solve and if if that voyage of self-discovery um, and getting that better sense of self and, and why it is you want to do what you do then leads you sometimes back to a purpose that you might have forgotten about or might have just been an instinctive thing and it therefore then becomes an intentional thing, then, yeah, surely that's got to supercharge your efforts. It's got to help you with leaping out of bed in the morning because you've refound your why, um, mobilising your team to do the same, all of those sorts of things. So, yeah, it makes perfect sense. And also sense. what it means is stress and those sorts of things are held at bay Mm. stress doesn't it's not to say you never get stress of course you do but it isn't a constant presence and it's the constant presence that is the problem because um 
when when we're constantly stressed, our cognitive capacity, that's our ability to think clearly, to focus, to memorize things, to communicate clearly, even to motivate people, drops by 40%. Mm. Uh, so all the skill sets we need to run, run a business drop by 40% when we're in constant stress. Yeah. That's that's serious. It, well, that's more Some than that's more than being high, isn't it? That's more than being stoned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's serious. Yeah. And people don't realize that. Yeah. And the, the, the point about the purpose is okay, it's not you don't have stressful, stressful stuff happen. Of course you do. Mm. But you can handle it. Mm. And you can handle it together, particularly as a team. Mm -hmm. it, and it means the stress doesn't land in the same way. Mm. And you deal with whatever it is that is causing the stress, and the stress goes away. Mm. That's what the fight or flight mechanism is. So, so one of the, the slightly other slightly provocative things I say is that stress, anxiety, and depression are not mental illnesses, at least not to start with. Right. What they are is they're a tap on the shoulder, oi, mate. Your life's not working. Stand back, have a look, and change something. Mm. And as soon as you change whatever it is, stress goes away. Mm. Depression goes away. But we don't do that because they're mental illnesses and there, there is still this stigma. We push them away, push them away, push them away. Well, they're only going to get worse. They're only going to spiral when you do that. Mm -hmm. So stress, anxiety, and depression is actually our system operating bang on exactly as it should do. Yeah. It's a warning signal that something's not right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The last thing we should do is ignore it. And when you deal with something stressful quickly, it's so much easier than leaving it three months later. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose so that's you've a... Got have, Go on. Sorry, you've got to have the individual self-awareness to know what that is. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that's the, that's the um, in a way that's a danger of what's been dubbed toxic positivity of late, I guess, because you know you sort of feel like you've always got to be positive. It's important to, I suppose, to say that managing your mental and emotional state doesn't mean ignoring your emotions. It means it means being aware of being aware of them, observing them feeling yeah. it sitting with it for a bit and as you said and talking to somebody yeah 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 absolutely absolutely well look mark um we've been talking for about an hour now unbelievably right whoops <laughs> <laughs> so so um so I, I guess, uh, out of respect for your time, we should probably um, begin to conclude the conversation. I guess I'm interested in in in, in asking a couple more questions, if, if I may. Um, so, so, so one is, um, so if there's a business owner, entrepreneur, senior leader, or even a junior leader listening to to this conversation now, um, and they think there might be something in this that that they should be exploring further what 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 would you advise them as being some good first steps to take to get a better appreciation of their sense of self uh, and the sense of self that presides in their teams um actually do you know one of the the tools that i get all of my clients whether it's one to one or workshops to do and this was revelationary for me, is to do a personality test. Now, the chances are quite a few people have done personality tests. Uh, and because of what I do, I come across them all the time. But there's one that is absolutely magnificent. Um, and it's uh, I'll, I'll re the URL is www.1616personalities.com. Mm -hmm. 16personalities.com. Um, and I get all my clients to do it, and I then ask them, and, and you, you know, bet you do. This, it's a normal thing. Forty questions takes about ten to fifteen minutes, mm. but I think with you know the algorithms and stuff, it's got so much more accurate. I always ask my clients, right, roughly, how accurate do you think that summary is of you? Mm. Very rarely do I get an answer under ninety percent. Okay. So my advice is to start there, and it's free, by the way. Mm. It's free. Uh, and what I would say, by the way, is um, it's a mirror. It's holding a mirror up to you to help you understand a bit more about yourself. It is not a pair of handcuffs because sometimes I have some, somebody saying, oh, 
that behavior is wrong. I can't do that, can I? It's not in my personality. No, that's not what it's for. Mm. It's a mirror. I, I think that's a great starting point, David. It's uh, and yeah, uh, brilliant. Mm. Uh, um, it, and it yeah it takes say 10, 15 minutes to do, and then maybe to read through the the summary, which is about an eight page summary. You know, another 10, 15 minutes. And rereading that once a month or so for a couple of months is quite a useful thing to do as well. Okay, That's and, a great starting point. Okay, and, and that that gives you a kind of a, a a sort of an insight into yourself. Um, yeah. I suppose sentences that describe you and how you, how you what you like, what you don't like, how you how you behave, what sort of things is well, it? it? It has different sections. So um, one's a summary. Mm. One is your strengths and your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. As that particular personality type okay and some of those are a bit oh yeah that's actually true mm. um then there's a section on um friendships there's a section on intimate relationships there's a section on um work colleague or, or yeah w- the work environment and career prospects mm. what you're good at yeah so it covers a number of different things okay okay cool good 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 um, and it, it's a great starting point. It really is. Excellent. And um, we'll put the details of that in the show notes so people can, yeah, can check that out. And uh, and so this podcast is called People With Purpose. Uh, and so and you said that you found your purpose through going through the experience that you had. Um, what, what What is the purpose of your life now? It's to teach people how their mind works. It's to teach people how to live a life full of purpose, of self-esteem, of feeling comfortable with who they are and the ease of going out into the world and being themselves. Mm. No mask, no armour, no hologram. Okay, cool. And if people listening like the sound of of, of Mark Newey and, uh, and, and, and the way that you're talking, how can people get hold of you and find out more about your work? Uh, the best way at the moment is, uh, is uh, my website is marknewey.com. M a r k n e w e y dot com. I'm actually in in a way we've missed well not mistimed it, but I'm about to um, release a new website. Mm-hmm. I'm wobbling slightly, if I'm honest with you, on the name because it, it has rebel in it. By the way, okay, it'll either be it'll either it'll, it's something about rebel business or rebel entrepreneurship um, because it's the rebel the rebel bit is what gives you the energy. So go out and find your purpose and live it. Yeah. So the, and and also, the world needs rebels right now. Yeah. And being a rebel doesn't mean setting fire to shops and looting and gluing yourself to the M25, mm. but it means um, using your business to make a difference. Yeah. 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 And I I I think the what the world needs right now is is leaders, and it sounds yeah. like we're on a similar sort of page there. And, and entrepreneurs are the ideal people. Mm-hmm. They've got all of the personality traits. They've got that slightly rebellious nature of going, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going on the bloody corporate ladder. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm. They're the and yet unfortunately most of us don't realize that because mm. we've not worked out who we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe I might ask a favor of you when I finally uh, worked out the, uh, the the brand name and the URL. I've got all the content, which yeah. is a bit uh, annoying. But I might <laughs> to uh, put it on a, a, a however you communicate with your members. Yeah, definitely. I'll definitely uh, pass that on. And and this this episode uh, may well not go out for a, for a month. So anyway, so you you might you might have got you got your house in order by then. So uh... <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. Get my house in order. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, well that's it. Well, see, you know, we we get these conversations in whenever we can, and um and you know the the, the point really is. Is, is 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 to is to meet you and to to hear your thoughts and like I say then if 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 people who listen respond positively to you and want to look you up then we'll, we'll definitely pass those details on for sure. So um, by the way, I'm very happy to have a chat with somebody. No mm. obligation, just a chat. Mm. I do that quite often. Um, a because I love what I do anyway. So if I'm having a chat, you probably gather that. If I'm having a chat, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Also, you never know. You yeah. never know what comes. No, exactly. Exactly. You, know, you don't have to buy anything off me to start with. Yeah. Because it's about creating the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Cool. Well, look. Well, I'll see how I get on with my um with my uh, 
uh, uh, to- toilet toilet behaviour and see if I can <laughs> fix that myself. Uh, but if not, I might I might give you a bell. But look, um, so that we don't end on that note, maybe are there are there any are there any um, concluding remarks that you'd like to make before we before we say goodbye? Um, I think I I, I tell you. Um, hmm. Sorry, I hadn't expected that question. So <laughs> not prepared. Right. I, I think it, it, it's. I tell you what, it is. It's self-esteem. It's being comfortable with who you are, and going out in the world and being that person, because that will transform the way people deal with you. Mm. It, it's that. It's and those and that's not rocket science. Yeah. The key is being comfortable with who we are, and out of that, by the way, comes your purpose. It can't <laughs> not come out of your purpose. Yeah out of the self-esteem rather yeah love that long-winded long-winded answer no no it's a winner definitely um yeah uh, i i couldn't agree more i think it's a great way to conclude thanks for listening to people with purpose i hope you've enjoyed the show and are enjoying going on this journey please remember to like and subscribe and give us a five-star review uh, tell all your friends and if you're interested in finding out more about any of the things we've covered in this episode of People With Purpose, just get in touch. All the details are in the show notes. Thanks. Bye.